0: Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will be happy and rejoice in it. As God is our sovereign, our ruler, our king, our creator, that's true of every day. But it is especially true of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. His day. And if you read the early chapters in the book of Acts, you will see that that is not conjecture. That is the day. And we don't celebrate the resurrection of Christ one Sunday a year we celebrate his resurrection every lord's day amen amen, amen? amen. are you out there good will you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 It's a long chapter. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I want to read down through verse 20. The whole chapter is full of great truths. So you might uh, start at verse 1 and read the whole chapter later today. I purposely brought my large print Bible. And I guess I don't need glasses. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve, after that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead... Then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be, that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ. Raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now, is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that sleep? Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do rejoice this day. That your only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is alive. That you raised him from the dead. That he lives. And he ever lives. And saves all who come to him in true faith. Believing him to be the son of the living God. Believing in his death to save us from our sins. And in his mighty resurrection from the dead. That we worship a living savior. Thank you Lord. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would take my words this day and that they be a sword cutting in to the deepest recesses of every heart and that those who have come into our midst without faith without knowing Christ we do pray that this day would be the day of their salvation. Bless your word, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. While Paul waited for Silas and Timothy at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews, with the Gentile worshipers, and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. Then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him, and some said, what does this babbler want to say? Others said he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods, because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. From Athens he went to Corinth, the Sodom of greats, just as San Francisco is the Sodom of America. He testified that Jesus is the Christ. Many of the Corinthians Hearing, believed, and were baptized. Evidently, the Greek pursuit after worldly wisdom infected the church at Corinth because, quote, some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead. but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. Imagine if Christ is not risen. Imagine if the scoffers say he is not risen. Imagine what it would be for you and me. Probably most of us still be home, maybe in bed, Maybe up with the Sunday newspaper, but we would not be here. It would be the death of the Christian church if Christ is not risen from the dead. And I want you to contemplate that. We are not here just for fellowship although the fellowship is rich but if Christ were not risen we probably would seek our fellowship elsewhere some of us would still get back together because of personal relationships but it wouldn't be the same it couldn't be the same What if Christ is not risen? Paul answers this question with two words that are full not of hope, but of hopelessness. Verse 14 If Christ is not risen, then our preaching is vain, vain, empty, futile, worthless. It would be a pursuit to nothingness, vanity. If Christ is not risen, our preaching is vain. Paul was a preacher. Verse one, he says, The gospel I preached unto you. Again, there's repetition. Paul was a preacher. But he is telling the people of Corinth if Christ is not risen, our preaching is vain. Empty, worthless. That's his first word. The second word if Christ is not risen, then your faith is vain, empty, worthless. Christ is not risen. Your faith is vain. In other words, you don't have any faith in a risen Christ if he's not risen. Think about it. Meditate on it. one of my books is by Charles Bridges most of you don't know that name but he also wrote an excellent commentary on the book of Proverbs it's much fatter than this one but I picked this up when did I do it you get forgetful with the old age either last night or this morning probably won't read anything but I pretty much have this whole book marked up it's an amazing book but the theme is vanity of vanities all is vanity do you believe that? if you believe that you are a worldling the truth is life apart from God is vain it is vanity of vanities all in this world apart from God is vain it's vanity I just brought this along so I wouldn't forget to say that. But I hope you remember it. But at the end of my message today, for all of you youngsters, and as I look around, you are all youngsters to me. My friend Bob is taking care of his wife up near Sacramento then I would have one older than me if he were here but I have something specifically for you young people today especially you real young people So we'll come back to Ecclesiastes. If gospel preaching and faith in the gospel are vain and futile, there are three terrible realities. Verse 17 You are yet in your sins. if Christ is not risen, you are yet in your sins. Therefore, you are condemned. You will be held accountable for every sin because God knows your every sin. God is all-seeing. He is all-knowing. He doesn't miss anything. Sure, I was like most of you. When it's dark, you forget about God if you were thinking about him, you would know that he knows all and that he sees all and that you can't get away with anything. But that's part of our sinful youth. Even you young people, When mom or dad are not right there at hand, you think you can get away with things. I guess I'll never forget. One of my coworkers said that his little boys uh, were throwing stuff up into the ceiling that was sticky and it was sticking to the ceiling and it was all over. I think it was his mom that corrected him and told him not to do that. And the little boy said, Mom, you're just going to have to watch me closer. Well, God always watches. God always sees Christ has not risen. Your belief doesn't count for anything. You are yet in your sin. Secondly, those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Verse 18. Fallen asleep in Christ. There would be no falling asleep in Christ, would there? If Christ were not risen from the dead. If so, the pronouncement on them would be, they have died in their sins and perished. And just wait for that condemning judgment. If this were so, John 3, 16 would read like this. Whosoever believes in him will perish and and remain eternally dead and under the wrath of God. In other words, all those wonderful promises that we have in God's word would be Worthless, vain, of no account. Thirdly, verse 19. If Christ is not risen, you are without hope. Without hope and without God in this world and in the world to come. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, Paul says, we are of all men most pitiable. Now I know some of us have glibly said, even if there were no Savior, even if Christ we're not risen. This is still the best life. I have a good life. But it would, would be false. It would be an imaginary life that is not based on truth. And like he says... If Christ is not risen, we may just live like Solomon, the richest man of his day. And probably if if we would compute uh, inflation, probably still the richest, would be the richest man of all time. But a man who knew God, knew the word of God, read through the book of Proverbs. His money went to his head. He could have anything he wanted. Do you sometimes wish, oh, I wish I had more. I wish I could hit the lotto. Well, I don't touch the lotto. You know why? I'll tell you. I don't believe in chance. And I don't believe a Christian is to live his life by chance. Now, you can disagree with me if you want. But that's where I'm at. Solomon could do it all. I'm thankful for my wife. But I'm glad. I'm not like Solomon with I always forget, is it three hundred wives and seven hundred concubines or the other way around? Uh, Anyway, he had a thousand women. He had horses. He had he brought in a menagerie of animals from all over the world, so he had his own zoo. Uh, he had everything that money could buy and wine. Like, Would you like to go in his wine cellar? Uh, if you did, you probably wouldn't come back out, uh, but he had it all. Hopeless. if in this life only we have hope in Christ we are, uh, are of all men most pitiable if Christ has not risen if he is not risen he is not like all the false religions like to say all those who deny Christ and who will admit He was a prophet and he was a good prophet and he was a good man. No. If Christ is not the son of God he is not a good man. He is not a good prophet. If he is not the Son of God, he is a liar, because he proclaimed to be the Son of God. And he had all the evidences to prove it. If Christ has not risen, he's either a liar or a lunatic. And like some shouted, that he was in his day. Because he prophesied his resurrection a number of times. I'm not going to read these. Matthew 16, 21, 17, 23, John chapter 2. He is either a deliberate deceiver or a self-deceived lunatic not to be taken seriously in either case he would be a false prophet and condemned to die not as a savior but as a sinner according to Deuteronomy 18 but now I love those words This is not the only place where you find that in Scripture. But now, imagine the worst of everything if Christ were not risen. But now, Christ is risen from the dead. Christ is risen from the dead, and that makes all the difference in the world. let's go back to the beginning of chapter 15 moreover brethren I declare unto you the gospel there are five witnesses that I want to go through briefly the first witness is the word of God the gospel The gospel. The gospel is a witness that Christ is risen from the dead. He's alive. Chapter 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, the good news, which I preached unto you, which also you have received. And wherein you stand. Oops, I can read. What do I do with that? I can read my giant print Bible, but some of my notes are too small. Christ died. And was buried. Christ rose and was seen by many witnesses. The Word of God, the Gospel, declares the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Secondly, the tomb was empty. Now there are a number of evidences that are given in the Bible in the word of God and that's one of them that the tomb was empty and there were many haters of Jesus Christ from his own race in this day. And these unbelievers of the resurrection all they had to do was produced the body of Christ, and it would have been over. We wouldn't be here. But they couldn't produce the body. And there were accounts of many, many different accounts of those to whom he appeared. And on one account, over. Five hundred brethren at one time. One person might be deceived, but not five hundred all at once. The tomb was empty. Three, the preaching of the apostles. Peter preached on Pentecost and realized that among the disciples, none of them believed until after Christ was raised from the dead. None of them. Peter and all of the eleven. Peter preached a great message on the day of Pentecost. And this was the Peter who denied his Lord three times. The apostles in the book of Acts, and we all who ever declare the word of God or witness, need to remember this fact. The apostles in their preaching, and you can go through the book of Acts, They always declared the resurrection of Jesus Christ because that is part and parcel of the gospel. The gospel has two very important facts. Verse 3, I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Christ died. That's fact number one of the gospel, and it is a necessity if you don't preach Christ crucified, Christ as the only savior for sinners. The only savior. There is no other. If you have not preached that, you have not preached the gospel. Christ died for our sins. And notice, according to the scriptures, this is the truth of the Old Testament as well as the New. even Job I shouldn't say even Job he was a godly man and Satan asked God to test if he could test Job and God gave him permission except you cannot take his life. There's much very good in the book of Job. But in chapter 19, verse 25, Job says, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. And then he speaks of standing in other words I will die but I will stand again and this is the testimony of Scripture God is alive the triune God is alive Father Son and Holy Spirit the Son of God is alive he is the great I am not I was but I am he is the risen Lord Stephen the first martyr preached Christ and wicked men put him to death and Paul was there giving assent to that death that murder of Stephen but as Stephen was dying he looked up and who did he see whom did he see the Lord Jesus and he said essentially the same words that Jesus said on the cross father forgive them for they do not know what they're doing we need to remember that we need to remember that because our witness for Christ if it ever comes to that if it's to be a witness for Christ will be in the same manner that our Lord died and that Stephen died. Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. A fourth witness is the church of Christ. The church of the living God. In other words, we are a witness, brethren, that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. We need to remember that we need to pray for our church we need to pray for every church that upholds the word of God but the most important testimony of all the most important and i know there's there's a uh, a school of apologists apologetical christianity and it's important paul was an apologist doesn't mean he apologized it means he declared the truth and Some talk against the evidences. I think we need to be very careful because there are many evidences that are given in the Bible, such as the empty tomb and some of the things that I've already mentioned. But the most important witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the word of God and we need to remember that it's not how smart we are how much we know if we think we can put somebody else down and I think some of the so called apologists uh, they think that that's their charge to put somebody else down Well, I'm not saying that there aren't many that need to be put down because there are and false religion needs to be put down. But the most important thing that you and I have given to us from God is his word. And that is the most important evidence of the resurrection of Christ <coughs> and I haven't said much about that second thing if Christ has not risen our preaching is vain if Christ is not risen your faith is vain what is faith what is it can you articulate it when you say you're a believer in Jesus Christ what do you mean many people say I believe there were many in fact Kyle had just been through passages in the gospel of John that spoke about those who believed and then walked away They walked away. Are they still believers? Some very foolish so-called scholars have said they are, but they don't have any warrant from the Word of God for that. I can tell you that. I had a medical procedure on Monday, and a nurse had something on her, some kind of tattoo on her arm, and I just said, what do you got there? What is that? She says, oh, it's footprints, and if you know that poem, Footprints, uh, it's a picture of two people's footsteps going through the sand, and then it ends up only being one. And the person says, Lord, you were walking with me, and then you disappeared. Where'd you go? And of course, those of you who know, know that they said, that is when the Lord carried us Jesus carried me through the trouble and I thought she was a Christian and so I said something she said oh no that was that was when I was younger when I was foolish when I was stupid I'm not there anymore I said well then you were never there to begin with and, and uh You see, saving faith is an abiding faith. Saving faith is a faith that sticks. It's not fickle and it's not because we're so strong, but it's because our God is strong. Make sure your faith is genuine, that you believe right, that you have the facts right, but remember that it's not just facts. And and I had a very interesting experience. I don't know if it was, it was probably a year ago. I met a retired doctor, and I was giving him the scripture. I said, "It's about knowing Christ." And he said, "Yeah, I think I, I think I understand you. It's talking about." an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. You can have all the facts right, and a lot of people have a faith of facts without the Savior. Genuine, saving faith is an intimate Faith with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the gift of God. You ever just ponder in in your own mind and say, I have relatives that are not interested in this message, they don't care. Some are very blatant against it, most just are willy nilly. And think they're okay and everything's okay when it's not okay but I found out that a man who didn't know how to really express everything about his faith yet knew that it was talking about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ the facts need to be right we need to know who he is but then we need to enter in to that relationship. Now i told, I want to say just two things in closing. As I, get, as I get older, and I don't know how much older I will get, uh, I think a lot about heaven. and I just want to say this especially to you young people heaven young people are you listening are you you ever think about heaven there's also a hell people like to put that out of their mind but there's a hell also but heaven heaven's got to be a glorious place uh, <laughs> there's a any of you know by heart, so I don't have to turn to it. Psalm 17, verse 15. One of my favorite verses. And I'm going to turn to it, so I just read it right. Any, any of you want to quote it? I'm not saying look it up and read it. Acts 17, verse 15. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness... I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. It's a good verse, isn't it, Christian? I love that verse. And I stake my faith on that verse. I'll behold your face in righteousness. I'll be satisfied when I awake likeness. I got another one for you. And... Remember this afternoon, your assignment is to read the whole First Corinthians fifteen. But First John chapter two, verse twenty-eight. You Still listening, young people, Youngens. Now, little children, abide in Him, that when He shall appear—that's talking about His second coming—we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he's righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. It's talking about not what you say, it's what you do, how you live. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be, But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Christian, we all struggle. We all have struggles. Some go down further than others. Go through a lot more than others. But, if you know Christ, we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is, and everyone that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. That should be an encouragement to every one of you who believe. He's not going to just take you part way, he's going to take you all the way. not going to read picked up this book on heaven Your Real Home by Johnny Erickson Tata I haven't read it through I've read parts of it it's very good very encouraging and she's a wise woman who served Christ you know what happened to her when I think she was just 18 years old when she dove into this lake or whatever it was and broke her neck and lived her life and she's still alive, a little younger than me I think but she has served Christ her whole life An amazing woman and I still remember when I dove off a cliff the strip mines and touched my hand on the bottom and I wasn't very smart because all I said got up and did it again. I gotta, I gotta dive out deeper. <laughs> I gotta dive more shallow, so I don't break my neck. And young people, I'm saved save this for you. And this, I am closing. Um, where was that? I know where it was. i just got to find it. I do have it marked. I think. Oh, yeah. Ecclesiastes. That's the reminder. Okay, you're going to have to listen real close, young people. And I'm closing with this. And this is for you. That you're not make some of the foolish mistakes that some of us older ones have made remember I want you to remember this remember now your creator in the days of your youth while the evil days come not nor the years draw nigh when you shall say I have no pleasure in them while the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened nor the clouds return after the rain, and the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves. Okay, this is all figurative language. I'm not going to explain it. You can ask your mom or dad when you get home today, or somebody that can explain this to you, what this all means. But it's a warning. Remember your creator in the days of your youth and you don't find yourself like that nurse that I saw Monday who said I was a Christian but I was foolish then I was stupid no she's no Christian because she said something or did something. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves and the grinders cease because they are few and those that look out of the windows, the windows, be darkened. And the doors shall be shut street. When the sound of the grinding is low. And he shall rise up at the voice of the bird. And all the daughters of music shall be brought low. And when they shall be afraid of that which is high. And fears shall be in the way. And the almond tree. We've got a few other almonds out there, don't we? And the almond tree shall flourish and the grasshopper shall be a burden and desire shall fail because man goes to his long home and the mourners go about the streets or ever the silver cord be loosed or the golden bowl be broken or the pitcher be broken at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern then shall the dust return to the earth as it was and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it And here's that verse, life apart from God, vanity of vanity, saith the preacher, all is vanity. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Now, don't miss this. And if I ask you after the service, I want to hear two words from you, only two of your obligation to God. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Can you say that with me? Fear God. Okay, I'm going to ask you again later. And keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good. Or whether it be evil. Let's pray. Father, impress your word on every heart of the eternal importance of knowing Christ, of believing in him with a whole heart. that he died to save me from my sin and that he raised him from the dead on the third day and that I'm saved by believing in this Christ, crucified and risen according to the whole word of God. And should there be any in our midst without Christ, I pray that you would convince them of their sin and of the truth that Jesus Christ alone will save them if they repent and believe. And now we you stand with me for the benediction? Let us bow. And now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant make you perfect in every good work to do his will working in you that which is well pleasing in his sight to the glory of our God and Jesus Christ forever. Amen.